Are you that person who leaps at the opportunity to take a free class or scour YouTube looking for instructional videos on obscure topics? When you find that interesting new skill, do you dive deep, binge watch every video, listen to every podcast and check out every book? Have you ever felt regret for dropping a pursuit of learning that you explored in high school, but now you would love to try again, but you don't know where to start or how to resume? Have you ever marveled at a person's ability to climb a rock face, throw a potter's wheel, or design a new product in CAD? If so, this is the podcast for you. I am Paul, the Polymath. This is CAST, Knowledge, Acquirement, Skills, and Theory of Learning. Welcome, skills collectors, knowledge adventurers, trivia ninjas, dabblers, and masters of their domain. This podcast is for those rare people who are not just curious about how things are made, but want to make those things themselves. The person who can passively converse on almost any topic. Who love memory games, metacognition, and the occasional single event learning experience. In this podcast, we are going to learn about the application of skills acquisition by building your schema. Several months ago, I had a negative learning encounter, an unpleasant event. This unpleasant event was caused by a schema rift. As a teacher, we are required to attend these teacher work days without students. We call these professional development days, workshops and team meetings, etc. I was in a new meeting with several colleagues. At the beginning of each slide-based module, the instructor was talking about this hook. He showed us a slide with an open question and then said the word hook. Now pause for a moment here because this is a very important word. The word hook in my schema fits into two tier one knowledge sets for me. My primary knowledge set is music. Being a trombone player now for over 40 years, a composer, a music educator of both instrumental and voice, the word hook means something very specific. The word hook in that context means a catchy, memorable phrase that is repeated over and over again throughout a song that makes it quickly singable for the listener. Another tier one body of knowledge for me is fishing. I grew up in a town in the Colorado mountains that was built in a valley with some of the most amazing fishing in the world, but nothing else to do. I spent summers with my father fishing. School ice fishing trips. When we went on vacation to California, we fished. When my family went on vacation in the summers, we camped and fished. At the age of 15, we started going to Mexico every Christmas to a tiny fishing village to fish. My love of the water made me later join the U.S. Navy so that I could expand my opportunities to fish around the world. By the way, my graduation present from my parents, a custom handmade spinning rod. When I first started out in the world as a college graduate, I would spend about 100 days a year fishing, usually with my good friend Sam Kobayashi or my other avid outdoors friend Wes Boggs both of which had developed fishing tackle. Sam and I developed an inline spinner named the GNK, the first letters of our last names. Shortly before Wes passed away, I purchased his walleye fishing tackle company and produced literally 150,000 units in my basement over a five-year period. I have caught nearly every freshwater species in North America and several dozen saltwater species, including tuna and sea bass. I have paid my dues in both knowledge sets. So when this young instructor said the word hook with nothing on the board but an open-ended question, I of course raised my hand. He called on me, and I asked, what exactly is a hook? 
And how are you using that word? I will not go into detail about how the answer to my question was less than professional, and several other teachers in the room raised their eyebrows at his response. What exactly went wrong here? The answer lies in schema. My schema included the word hook in two different categories that had nothing to do with the topic that we were talking about. My mind did not share that reference. I would also like to venture that his schema did not include my sets of knowledge intimately tied to that word. He was unable to empathize with his student and ask a question back or take a moment to think about other subsets of skill or knowledge that the word belonged to. To my listeners, if you are a teacher, future teacher, coach, please recognize that schema can be a barrier between yourself and your students. It is important to ask questions, pause, reflect, think about the context of how the student may not understand your specialized use of a word. The student most likely does not share your individual schema. For me, there were several positive takeaways from that interaction. Sure, I was purposely humiliated and put in my place in front of my peers. But more importantly, there was a reminder about the the importance of understanding the two-way street of schema. It has also taught me about yet another use of the word that despite 25 years in the classroom, I never encountered it being used in this way. Schema is a mental model or framework that helps us organize and make sense of information. The concept of schema was first introduced by psychologist Jean Piaget in the 1920s, who defined it as a set of organized knowledge and structures in the mind that represent concepts and experiences. Schema is used to categorize information, making connections between related ideas and provide a framework for understanding and retaining new information. Think of it as a sort of internal encyclopedia that includes direct experiences, stories, abstract concepts, and mental pictures. A reference that is unique to you. In cognitive psychology, schema is considered a fundamental aspect of human cognition. It is thought to play a crucial role in memory and learning. Schema helps us take incoming information and categorize it in a way that makes sense, filling in the gaps and making connections with what we already know. This process helps us to better understand and remember the information as well as put it to use and solve problems to make predictions about new situations. Research has shown that schema plays a role in many different cognitive processes, including perception, memory, problem solving. For example, when we encounter a new piece of information that fits within our existing schema, we are able to process it more quickly and accurately, and we are more likely to remember it. On the other hand, when information does not fit within our schema, we may have difficulty understanding or retaining it. To understand the question of schema completely, schema is a mental model that plays a critical role in how we process, understand, and remember information. It is important because it provides a framework for organizing information, making connections, and solving problems. And it is an essential component of effective learning and expertise In a study by Bransford and Johnson in 1972, they found that when students were taught new information using prior knowledge or schema, they performed better on memory and recall tasks compared to when they were taught in the same information without the schema. 
Swiss psychologist Jean Piaget found that children's schema developed and changed as they interacted with the world around them. For example, as children learned about objects and their properties, they developed a schema for objects that helped them categorize and understand them. Additionally, research by Anderson and Pritchard found that schema can also impact how we perceive new information. They found that when people were given the same information but with different contexts or schema, they interpreted and remembered the information differently. Their study showed that learners with prior knowledge of the topic were more able to remember details related to the new information. These studies demonstrate the power of schema in shaping our understanding of the world of information and the world around us. By building, organizing our knowledge into schema, we can enhance our ability to learn, remember, and apply new information in meaningful ways. Polymaths remember the power of schema building. By focusing on building a rich and organized body of knowledge, you can maximize your learning potential and be better equipped to solve novel problems as they arrive. Schema is also an essential component of holistic learning. The book Fish is Fish by Leo Leone, 1970, illustrates both the creative opportunities and dangers inherent with the fact that people construct their knowledge based on their current knowledge. The story is about a fish who keenly interested in learning about what happens on land, but the fish cannot explore the land because it can only breathe in water. The fish befriends a tadpole who grows into a frog and then eventually goes out onto the land. The frog returns to the pond a few weeks later and reports on what he has seen. The frog describes all kinds of things like birds, cows, and people. The book shows pictures of the fish's representation in his mind of each of these descriptions, each a fish-like form that is slightly adapted to accommodate the frog's descriptions. People are imagined to be fish who walk on tail fins, birds are fish with wings, and cows are fish with udders. How do we actively work to build our schema? Building schema is a lifelong process that starts with exploring new information and organizing it into meaningful ways. Here are some practical strategies for you to build schema. Connect new information to prior knowledge. One of the most effective ways to build schema is to connect new information to what you already know. This helps us to integrate new information to existing knowledge and structures and to make it more meaningful and more memorable. I routinely find myself comparing new information to things I have learned before. What is similar? What is different? How does this new information change my perspective or apply to a new problem that I have not yet solved? Use visual aids. Visual aids such as diagrams, mind maps, and illustrations can be very helpful in building schema. These tools can help you see the relationships between different pieces of information and make it easier to categorize and organize new information. You can easily use Google to find charts, maps, photographs. Wikipedia to enhance this quick referencing of visual and reference information. Practice active reading. Active reading involves actively engaging with the material you are reading. This might involve underlining key points, taking notes, summarizing the material, or asking questions about the information you are reading. This helps us integrate new information into our schema and makes it easier to recall later. Engage in hands-on learning. In short, dabble. Refer back to episode one of this podcast where I describe dabbling as a planned single event learning experience. Dabbling is a great way to build schema as it provides physical experience that can help you to reinforce the information you have learned. For example, if you are learning about woodworking, you might try building a simple project to get the feel for the tools and the techniques involved. Reflect on learning. 
regularly take time to reflect on what you have learned and help solidify your schema. You might ask yourself questions like, what have I learned today? How does this new information fit into my existing knowledge? And what are the key takeaways from this learning experience? Analogize. Look for similarities and differences and describe new things by creating analogy to what you already know. A master learner is versed in saying something like, I get this and it's just like when... By implementing these strategies into your learning process, you can build a rich and organized body of knowledge, which can help you to enhance your ability to learn and understand new information into the future. Building schema is a crucial component of skills acquisition expertise development. It requires a deep understanding of your subject and a willingness to actively engage with the information you are connected to. Let me encourage you to make a conscious effort to build schema. Pursue learning journeys, whether it's through taking a class or watching instructional videos or reading books. Actively seek out opportunities to build and refine your schema. If you would like to share an experience where schema acted as an obstacle or maybe even helped you, please send me your story at paulthepolymath at gmail.com. Please use the word schema in the subject line, and I might ask you to join me for a follow-up interview on the show.